The Four Diegos, proudly brought to you by Tax Talk. We love to talk tax. Call 1300 366 639. It's been a controversial time in soccer, and I'm just wondering. Do you believe that the clouds have parted like Frank Arrock and that we can suddenly see sunshine and the sun is over? Or were you happy to keep sharing sushi with our friend Eddie Thompson? What, what, are, your, uh, what are your feelings about the Australian coaching job and uh, everything that's gone on in the last couple of weeks? <laughs> well, um, I don't tend to agree with a lot of Frank's comments, put it that way, guys. But um, Frank, is, uh, I think he's very happy that Eddie's been, been well, or he's given up the job. Mm-hmm. But I tend to tend to think that it's most probably a, a, a bad time for Australian soccer that Eddie Thompson has, has left the national team because we're in a we're in a time of turmoil now, and I don't think there's any really likely likely candidates who are putting up their hands and, and can really replace him. Would Frank Farina be one of those hands being put up at the moment? Mate, I've got two hands up, but no one. <laughs> <laughs> You've gone actually from uh, from board lollies to chocolates in the last couple of months, haven't you, Frank? I mean, it's been touted that you didn't want the Brisbane job. You just want to play. You've just come home and leave me alone. And now um, there's not only saying that, uh, well, you know, you've got the Brisbane job, but now um, they're even talking about you um, doing the Socceroo job. Oh, mate, well, what a load of crap that is, eh? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> like you say, mate, I've gone the lollies to caviar in about <laughs> a space of four weeks. But no, I mean... You know, for me, it's, it's it's well and truly too early for what I, I, I would regard as, you know, any sort of serious um, contention for the national job. But, uh, you know, I'm happy with the way I'm going at the moment with the with Brisbane Strikers and uh, the coaching coaching role. But um, it's just going to be interesting, really, from an outsider's point of view now, to look back and see well, well, what's going to happen, really, with the, the Australian coaching job. Uh, Frank, this is Carlos Alberto speaking. Mate, Which I saw you go on the 70 World Cup final. Yeah, what, look, what yeah, I had a, it's what a sweet right foot I've got, eh? Uh, that last goal was a beauty. Uh, look, in preparation for this interview, I uh, went to my personal video collection. Uh, now, in amongst all my Rocky movies, right, I've yeah. got the uh, the video of the Soccer versus Canada in, in Sydney in 1993, the World Cup qualifier. And in that game, in the first half, I saw you have a head of miss from close range, have two fresh air shots, have a miss kick saved by the keeper from six yard. No, no, six yard box. Two certain goals saved by the keeper. A strike over the bar from eight yards. One cleared off your boot as you're about to toe poke it in. And in the second half, you ended up uh, missing from six yard. But you did score a classic goal, an overhead goal, uh, overhead kick goal in the first half while you were concussed. Now, tell me something. All the games you played from a young kitty. Have you ever been more frustrated in the game? Um, well, it could have been why I got that yellow card. Anyway, <laughs> I was just about to tell you blokes how much I love you as well. <laughs> After you saying all of that, I've changed my opinion. No, but, but seriously, it was one of, those, one of those days I think I had, I had my left boot on my right foot. I'm not sure. I can't really remember. But um, it was a frustrating day. And uh, that, that game, that game for me was most probably one of those ones I'd like to forget but like to remember, if you know what I mean. Yeah, yep. um, you know, in terms of chances, oh, I most probably could have scored a double hat trick on the day, but I ended up with one goal. But the most important thing, you dagger, <laughs> <laughs> is, is that we won the match. That's yes, right. yes, and <laughs> what's good for the team? It doesn't matter how you perform individually, does it? That's right. Yes. You know, us guys with no egos, we mean, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, now, Frank, getting back to the um, national coaching job, yep. it's interesting that. The sort of the, the first lot of players that went overseas to play in Europe or wherever, the Alan Davidson and, and the Eddie Krenchevichs and yourself, 
they're getting a little bit older now and they're looking to come back to Australia possibly to start coaching. Do you think it's very long before a socceroo of recent memory, uh, yourself or an Eddie Krenchevich, actually is given the uh, or gets a chance with the socceroos? And do you think that it would be a really good thing for the game that in a cycle a player that has played at a reason, well, when Australian soccer was really on the way up, gets a chance of coaching them in the future? that's the way that the game's heading on a serious note now I think that you know the days what you're talking about now in, in about four to five years won't be won't be a, a dream anymore it'll mm. be a reality mm. there will be an Australian player who's played for Australia at you know national level played in the National League for a number of years and been overseas experienced um, you know European football who will be our national coach now in all honesty and I'm not you know bullshitting to, <laughs> to be honest and mm. um you know, that, that is my ultimate ambition. I, I've stated that before I got the Brisbane Strikers job, and, mm. and that's my goal. Now, I've always set myself goals, and, and I would love to be that, that person. Mm. Now, whether or not I am, I, I still believe that that's the way we are heading, and, and that's the way we should go. Frank, with the Brisbane Strikers job, were you actually asked to do the job, or, or did you put your hand up for that job? Uh, well, a bit of both. Yeah. I, you know, we, we were, we were in, a, in a time of turmoil at the club, mm-hmm. and, um, you know... The president approached me, and I, I really was keen to do it. But yeah. it most probably was a year or two year, two years earlier than I thought. Mm-hmm. But um, it was a, a challenge and a, and a job which I wanted. And when it came, he said to me, "Look, Frank, it might not be here in a year or two years yeah. if you don't accept it now." Mm-hmm. And as soon as he said that, well, I said, uh, "All right, where do I sign? Let's go." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just on that too, there, there's a lot of people down here, and myself included, that think that you've still got a few years left in you to play for, this, for the Socceroos. Did you actually think that you're, um, you're actually uh, leaving the soccer is was a little bit premature? Um, well, people have said that to me, and, and yeah. to be totally honest, yeah. I, I would prefer it that way than yeah. to have carried on. And people have said, you know, say to me, oh, you should have finished yeah. two years ago or three years ago, because I think there are a few people in our national team who are, you know, well and truly past it. Right. We've got a lot of young players who could ably fill their roles. Yep. Now, Frank, from yeah. my point of view. Yep. Um, no, I'm very happy with my decision. Hmm. Uh, Frankie, um, we actually name names on this show. We don't shy away All right, from... Paul the, Wade. Okay. There you go. <laughs> well, Paul Wade's one of our Hall of Famers, mate. Well, he, mate, he's one of my very good friends. Yeah. But Paul Wade is, is, is past it, mate. Yep. Yeah. There are a lot of players who can, can fill in for Paul, and I, I just feel sorry for Paul that he's continued on He's, he's a good friend and I've got a lot of time for him. He's done a lot of things for Australian soccer. Mm, yep. But, mate, look, you know, I mean, I, I, I don't know. Everyone else can see it except Paul and possibly Eddie Thompson. Yeah, but who, now, who's, whose fault is it, Frank? I mean, it's, surely Paul's getting Eddie the opportunity. Eddie Thompson's. Yep. Mm. There you go. There's another name. Yep. <laughs> it's his fault because um, he's continually selected Paul. Now, Paul has always said that he will not retire from the national team. Mm. He will leave it until the time that he is no longer asked back in. Now, it's Eddie's fault. I mean, everyone else in the country can see that um, the likes of Craig Foster, um, Troy Cranny from Brisbane Mm. should be given a go. Mm. I think there are a lot of central midfielders who can do a better job than what Paul's doing at the moment. And and basically, you know, there's no disrespect disrespect to Paul. He's done a fantastic job and is a great ambassador for for soccer in this country. Mm. But in all honesty, mate... Uh, his time's gone, yep. mm-hmm. as is mine, I believe. Now, now, Frank, uh, as I said, you're one of these players that have come back to Australia, and Eddie Krenchevich, who, who came back to Australia this year from overseas, he had a lot of trouble uh, getting a coaching position 
down in Victoria. In fact, a lot of clubs sort of shied away from him in terms of uh, getting a coaching job. Do you think that the uh, clubs are going to welcome your type, I mean, you and the Eddie Krenčeviches, do you think they should be welcoming, welcoming you back with open arms into the um, A-League? I think so, yes. And, and, and just on Eddie Krenčevic, you know, Eddie, Eddie was the pioneer, I think, for mm. Australian soccer mm. uh, in, in Europe. You know, people sort of make reference to myself, but Eddie was well before my time. And um, he was the true pioneer, I think, of Australian so- uh, soccer players going into Europe. Now, you know, Eddie, to be totally honest, if Eddie was in Brisbane or living in, in Queensland at the time that the striker's job was going, I believe he would have gotten it. Yeah. Now, it was just geographical sense that uh, he missed out mm. on a coaching job in Australia. But I honestly believe that, yeah, they should be targeting people like that who have got the experience and got the knowledge of, of coaching mm. to, to further what, what I believe is a, is a very strong National League at this time. Mm, yeah. Um, Frank, um, you were involved in the previous World Cup campaign uh, in the memorable games the against Canada Ar- game? yeah, the Canada game and <laughs> actually well the end result was the Argentinian home away league yeah. now, I read somewhere after that that you were quite critical of us playing the home league at our ground first yep. and uh, and not playing over there first now can you explain was that true first and can you explain why you would have said something like that yeah it was true it was very true and I just felt that if we had no choice if they basically drew it out of a hat and said yes you play the first game in Australia um, well, then there's no argument. But I, I don't. I, I still don't know to this day whether that was the the case or not. And I mean, I don't. I don't think we'll ever know the the the, mm. the truth about the whole the whole thing. But um, I just felt it a bit strange that there was there were rumours going about that we requested the first home game or the first game to pl- to be played in Australia, yep. basically because Maradona made his comeback. Now, you know, why would we request it when Maradona makes his comeback and every TV station in the world in terms of football wants it? Mm. Now, to me, it's pretty pretty obvious that they were thinking the dollars rather than the the reality of, of making a World Cup Finals for the first time yeah. since 1974. And I was pissed off, mate. Yeah. Um, mm. You know, I thought that was wrong. Mm. We should have... Because uh, Argentina had lost 5-0 to Colombia in their last game at home at the River Plate Stadium. Yeah. Now, we would have gotten them after that game, whether or not they would have been, you know, mm. keyed up and everything to, to to absolutely thrash us where we had no chance in the second game. I don't believe yeah. that. Mm. But, uh, you know, mate, we're going on ifs and buts and we're looking yeah. back on what we, we really can never change. But it, it is very frustrating, Frank. And I remember watching the first half, we were... We were Playing quite a quite good brand of soccer, and uh, especially at the Sydney Football Stadium, playing a good brand of soccer, and I felt that we could have, uh, with a little bit more experience or whatever it was, I don't know what it is, um, we could have maybe snatched a goal uh, before the Vidmar brothers put us ahead. Now I'm just wondering, do you think that we were good enough at the time, really, or is it was this that extra couple of percent that we just didn't match up because of the lack of professionalism in Australia? Well, put it this way, I'm I'm, I'm going to go on another completely different tangent yep. and say just, if we would have just watch your language game, though Frank <laughs> yes I will I'm sorry mate okay. yeah, <laughs> sorry what's well, up Frank uh, hang on you want to get the kids on is that the kids or the wife or what <laughs> yeah I, I am actually There's, the phone's ringing all over the place at my house at the moment mate yeah oh, we'll just right. get the kids on get the kids on while you're answering <laughs> yeah, she's out here my little girl's running around the boys yeah I just look my wife's giving me a dirty look she doesn't realise we're on live radio oh, right. <laughs> um, yeah <laughs> no, I believe if we would have played the first game in Argentina um, and got them back here for the second game, we would have gotten a result over there. Now, this is a hypothetical sort of mm, thing, yeah. guys. But um, we would have 
I think we've got the result in Argentina and I think we would have qualified for the World Cup in 94. How's mm-hmm. that for a bloody uh, hypothetical situation? Sounds great, <laughs> mate. Sounds great. You should write a book. That's yeah, right. I know. I know. Especially because, you know, you know why I say that? Why? Because I missed the first game and I would have played the second game. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> Actually, I never forgave you for missing that game, you know, with those, those yellow cards. I never forgave you for, for doing that stupid thing with the yellow card, mate. I still haven't forgiven you for all the comments you made. About <laughs> by the way. Okay, we're square then. Now, Frank, you've actually played overseas and you've sort of see, seen the National League before and after. What, what do you actually like about the A-League at the moment? Mate, the, the situation with the A-League at the moment is we're giving a lot of the younger guys who most probably wouldn't have had the same opportunities eight years ago when I left yeah. uh, a chance to play in the, the, the major competition in the country. Now, mm-hmm. you know, these guys are getting a chance at a much earlier age than what they m- maybe would have had in the past. Yeah. And I think, you know, you know, that's great for Australian soccer. Mm-hmm. You know, there's, it's a catch-22 situation. We've got so many players leaving the country, going to Europe. But by the same token, we're giving the younger guys the chance to come through. And I think that's why we've got so many guys going overseas. Because yeah. the younger ones are coming through earlier, getting mm-hmm. more experience at an earlier age, yeah. and then getting the chance to go overseas. Now, you know, the skill level is, is picking up. And I believe, you know, if we can manage to go fully professional then we'll really take off in this country. And uh, how, how far away do you think that is? Five years. Five years. How's that for, how's yeah. that for a time? You you're you're, you're, you're full of big statements, Frank. Frank, you're yeah, terrific. Well, you you are. like that. That's why we I'm do. Here. We do. <laughs> now, Frank, you made mention of the fact that more and more players are going overseas and Australia is being really looked at as a, as a country to pick new talent. Now, as such, if you were the national coach today, with more players going overseas, how would you organise Australia's campaign till the next World Cup to maximise our chances, but also be able to incorporate the overseas players into into a program? I mean, we had a, um, a lady on the show on the weekend, Joyce Brown, who's a net was Australian netball coach, and she said something about a, a coaching setup somewhere between mid midway between Australia and Europe, where the players could meet for training sessions and training camps. What do we do with more players going overseas to maximise our efforts for the World Cup? Um, that, that is a real curly one. You blokes, have, you've planned your questions, haven't you? Yeah. No, 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 you know, it's not a situation I'm, I, I, I've even thought about, and I, I, I couldn't give you an answer. But yeah. to be totally honest, I think that uh, the, the situation where we are at the moment is, is a little bit sort of ludicrous and ridiculous in the sense that we, we've got two teams. We've got a home team and we've got an away team. Yeah. You know, there's, we, we've got our overseas-based players and we've got our home-based players, yeah. and there's just no... no um, there's no format to it. I mean, Eddie Thompson's got a team which he, he plays when he goes overseas to, to, to Europe and he's got one where he plays in Asia. Yeah. Now, I mean, that to me is, is very difficult. Now, whoever the next national coach is, thank, thankfully it's not going to be me, yeah. has, got, <laughs> has got a huge problem on, the, on his hands. Yeah. Or her hands, should I say. Do yeah. you think that's the, the single biggest hurdle that Australia has to get over? I mean, obviously, from what you've said, the talent is definitely there, but it's actually developing a game plan and having everybody who we want involved knowing that and being part of the team. Yes, I mean, you know, that is... Sorry, sorry guys, 
you've, you've thrown me. My little boy is just telling me here that he's got poo in his pants. So I'm not sure <laughs> it's what okay. I've got to do here. <laughs> <laughs> I know, darling, but you've got to go and see Mama. <laughs> Sorry, it's... Just, Mum's just dragged him away and dragged him to the toilet. Good on, that's very good. Blokes, six o'clock was a difficult time for me. Yes, no yes. worries, mate. No worries. Um, Frank, just when you talked about the the pressure. Uh, well, actually, it's not so much you were talking about the pressure, but I, I, we hear about the pressure of uh, players who get asked to play for the Socceroos who are actually got overseas clubs like you were. You were at different clubs at uh, different times. And some of them just felt that they couldn't make the commitment back because otherwise they'd lose their spot in their team over there. Now, was that pressure real? And did you feel that pressure at any stage through your career overseas? Oh, mate, it, it is so real you wouldn't believe it. I mean, even it, it's even more realistic to me now than actually the time I was there that you know the the time I was there it was a decision that I had to make well do I come back and play for Australia Um, yes I want to Uh, the important games I mean we always talk about yeah the important games and the 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 games which aren't that don't hold any importance like the Tahiti games or whatever but mate even more so now I've been back for a year almost coming into the second year Mm. There's a lot of guys over there who will be in similar situations, and I really feel for them, mate. Mm, yeah. they, they are struggling, you know, because they want to play for Australia, but their bread and butter is in Europe, mm. playing for the teams that they're, they're with there. Yep. Mm. Now, you know, I mean, they're in situations where they're really finding it hard. Excuse me. No worries, mate. Yeah. <laughs> And, um, yeah, no, it, it, it is a real difficult situation. And, and you know, I honestly believe that I, I still would be tossing up now whether I'd be doing the right thing or not, you know? Right, yeah. Now, Frank, this might seem an odd question, but we know that... Uh the Brisbane Strikers, or oh, well, I think they last year they were certainly sponsored by Hyundai, and this year I think they certainly are. I'd just like to um, ask you if you can give us a, uh, a uh, an assessment of the uh, Hyundai Sonata and Lantra. We know that you get an unlimited <laughs> supply of those cars from Hyundai up in Queensland. And uh, you, Dago, I mean, you <laughs> didn't hear what happened, did you? No, no, mate. I had a Sonata. Yes. I had an all day, every day uh, <laughs> Sonata. <laughs> And there was this young lady who was in a Volvo, and you know what they say about Volvo drivers. Yes. Well, she cleaned me up from behind oh. and um, almost wrote the car off. Yes. And the, the new the new coupe, which has just come out, yes. the new Hyundai, all day, every day Hyundai coupe, <laughs> yeah. they gave me one of those, and they, they, they basically said I, I deliberately had an accident so I could get the new one. Styling <laughs> <laughs> up with a man with two kids, and yes. calls me a poser. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a new coupe at the moment. Yes. Yeah. It goes yeah. all right, Frank? Very good. Oh, that's very good. Has it got your name painted on the side of it? Frank Farina? <laughs> no, it's just soccer. <laughs> what is it, just Frankie? <laughs> <laughs> no, unfortunately not. No, guys, no. Look, we know where you're desperate to get off now, Frank, because, um, you know, your kids are going through a bit of a trauma down I've there. I've just but... walked out in the backyard and I'm bloody freezing, so hurry okay, up. Okay, yeah, no worries. I've got, look, I have to ask you about your stint in Bari. Yeah, right. oh, mate, can you, you tell... just got me a migraine again. <laughs> <laughs> can you just tell us quickly, I mean, I, I've got to admit, I'm not joking now, when I heard that you got picked up by Bari, I thought the first Aussie to play over there, and you really earned it because you had a really good uh, se- uh, season, couple of seasons in Belgium at the time, um, I, I was really wrapped at the first Aussie got there, and you were you know, going to be frontline striker for this side that's just been promoted, and, and uh, we thought you were going to score a million goals and uh, be a superhero, and things all went sour, didn't they? Oh, mate, I was Superman without a, without a cape there, yeah. I think. Yeah. Um, no, it, it, it went really bad, you know, and, and being serious about the whole thing, it was 
it was a dream come true for me to go there and play in Italy. And, you know, it was, it was just fantastic. But unfortunately, there was a lot of expectations. I made a couple of wrong decisions. Um, mm. The times when I made them, I, I was actually injured in Bruges. I should have gone the year before to Bologna or um, uh, Genoa. Yeah. But um, Bruges didn't release me, and I, I stayed one more year to see out my contract. Mm. And I accepted very low money yeah. because, uh, basically, I wanted to go to Italy. Yeah. Now, they offered me a lot of money in Bruges to, to re-sign a contract because to cut a long story short, if they increased my contract, they could increase the transfer fee. Mm. Yep. Now, I didn't agree to that anyway. I, I went to Bali after I played against AC Milan in the European Cup and I hurt my knee. Mm. And um, things turned really sour very quickly in Bali. And, you know, unfortunately for me that we had a team which was great on paper, but um, yep. in all reality, we, we didn't produce the goods, mate. Mm, yep. You know, it was, a, it was a chapter in my football career that I'd, I'd Thank you very much for reminding <laughs> me. Yeah. Do, do you think in, in different circumstances, uh, things could have... I mean, could you have been suited to Italian soccer, do you think? Yeah, I think I could have been. I mean, I always believe for a striker, it basically depends on what team you go to. Uh, a striker is very different from a defender or a midfielder in the, in the sense that you, you've got a lot of pressure on you to score goals. It doesn't matter how you play. You can, play the, you can be the worst player in the team... But if you put the ball in the back of the net, that's yep. all that matters. That's yep. right. That's now, you know, I, I honestly still believe I was, I'm confident that in my own ability that I, I, I could have succeeded. But um, maybe the timing, the team was, you know, the team was a bad choice. Who knows? I mean, that's just the way football goes. You, you have ups and downs in your career, and that was most probably the, the biggest down of my mm. whole my whole career. Um, Frank, just one more question before I hand over yeah, to uh, Manuel. Manuel. Anyway, yeah. Um, it's just interesting that all uh, team loyalties go out the window. On set, on set day, you beat uh, your friend uh, Johnny Cosmina's side 6-1. <laughs> but the most interesting thing of that was uh, being captain coach this year. The score was 5-1 and the penalty came along and uh, apparently you demanded to uh, take it. <laughs> that You had to get on the scoreboard. Now, uh, is that the way it worked out? And, well, and did John speak to you after the game? He did, mate. So we'll go on to the penalty first. <laughs> was the first part of your question. You waffle on, by the way. Uh, <laughs> no, so I, I got the ball and I, I looked up at Rod Brown, who had already had three goals, and I, I looked at him for about, oh, I think, all of, all of about a hundredth of a second. <laughs> and I said, do you want this penalty? And he said, no, you know. Well, he didn't say no, but I, I said no for him, I think. <laughs> so, <laughs> I took it. And then after the game with Johnny Cosmina, it was most probably one of those funny moments with, with uh, ex-teammates. Uh, I went up to him and I said, how are you, mate? He goes, oh, yeah. I, I won't repeat what he said. <laughs> good, good. Uh, he, he goes, um, yeah, it was, wasn't a bad game. And I said, yeah, well, at least now, mate, you know what it's like to win 6-1 and, and to lose 6-1. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> and I won't repeat what he said after. No, that. no, good, no, mate, good, good. good. Yeah. Anyway, Frank, just to finish up, each week we get our guests of the week to bear their soul, to really reveal their innermost thoughts in the 40 hours heart bomb segment. Yeah. What we do, we give you a few questions to answer. So, can you just answer these questions in one or two words? Your okay. favourite food? Pasta. Pasta. What yep. else would it be? Yep. Your favourite drink? Wine. Wine. Any any certain a- any brand? Colour? Yep. Brand or type? Um, no, white wine. White, white wine. wine. Okay, that's mm. interesting. If there was one person in the world who you want to be, who would it be? Oh shit! Just did it again. <laughs> David Hill. <laughs> David Hill. Did you get that? Yes, yes. David Hill. Yeah. Yep. Very interesting. That's interesting. Yep. Well, because then I'd, I'd, I'd appoint Frank Freeno as a national coach. Okay. <laughs> okay. okay. And if you, if you organise the dinner party, name one person who you wouldn't invite. I'm sorry. 
Who wouldn't you invite if you organised the dinner party? What, who'd be one person that, that, that you would invite to your dinner party? You get the question? <laughs> one person. You must have made an enemy somewhere That's along right. the line there, have, Frank. Yeah. The co- um, this, this always throws our guests. How about the coach of Bari? Bruce Dale. Bruce Dale? Oh, jeez. <laughs> I, thought, I, controversial thought, I thought everything was fine with Brucey up there last year. It was, mate. Very much so. Yep. But mm. I just feel very uncomfortable around him at the moment. Oh, okay, I can okay. imagine. Oh, fair okay. enough. Okay. And I mean, I, I respect the bloke and I like yep. him, but yeah. at the moment when I'm around him, it's just very difficult to talk to him. Okay. I can imagine. And uh, what, what advice can you give to young players listening to our show? Probably n- not to swear first <laughs> off. Yes. And yeah. if the four Diego's ever contact you, yeah. thanks or phone... Um, just ignore it. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously, Frank, any, any advice to our young listeners? Um, our young listeners, yeah. all I ever say to all my you know, young players that are coming under well, my coaching at the moment or young players that I meet is, in a few words, remain humble. Mm-hmm. doesn't matter how far you go in your career, you never stop learning. Well, Frank, thank you for that, and we really appreciate your time. You've obviously haven't changed much for it from your fame and glory. And on behalf of the Four Diego's, I'd certainly like to thank you for your time. Hey, on, on behalf of Frank Farina, I'd like to thank all you Four Diego's. Great. <laughs> um, I got it right this time. I, I, I mispronounced a few of the... Um, <laughs> but, uh, no, thanks, guys. I think your, your show is fantastic. And any time you want to talk to me, just ring me up. Good no on you, worries, Frank. Thank, thanks very much. Good on you, Frankie. Bye. Bye. Thanks, mate. The Four Diego's, proudly brought to you by Tax Talk. We love to talk tax. Call 1300 366 639.